Well, welcome back, everyone, to Inside CHSL. We have some really good news, Brendan. Last week was our largest audience we've ever had, and we want to keep building that. Wow. Well, that's awesome stuff to hear and excited to be back. Episode number five, just going to continue to grow each week, right? And um, awesome stuff, obviously, the goal of the podcast, to get that reach out, to tell these stories, to talk about these athletes. And I guess the greater the reach, then the greater story we could tell. His name is Brendan Johnson. I'm Jeremy Otto. We want to remind you to subscribe. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can search Inside CHSL on Google and find us there as well. Follow us on Twitter, at Inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's at Inside underscore CHSL. We want to say again, hey, we want to encourage... You know, listeners, coaches, athletic directors, anybody involved, fans, you know, watching it. Maybe you see a performance that doesn't get covered in the news or it's not going to, you know, come to the forefront for forever reason to us. We want to hear that because we want to feature all these good stories that that's really what it's about. It's the untold that we're trying to tell on these podcasts. Yeah, no doubt about that. Help us support our kids. That's the bottom line, right? We'd love to get that out there. We'd love to tell that message. So we appreciate the great support. It's been awesome. You know, we're four, now five episodes in, and to already see numbers growing, to see people, you know, gravitating to the podcast and recognizing it, knowing that, hey, this is there, this is a great thing, and we're going to continue to grow it. Um, That's excellent stuff. Really exciting. And it's all because we've had great guests, we've had great storylines, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. By the way, you know, I kind of forgot to revisit this last week, but remember how you said you weren't going to get sick before the the Christmas, or you said, you know, we're, we're going to be healthy into the yes. new year. I'm the one that got sick, which is always which is Are what you always sick right happened. now? No, I'm not. But so I said we come back would, better, healthier, but ready to into go. the new year. I was sick though, so that that didn't. Were you good. sick on the episode four, the first of maybe 2020? a little bit, maybe a little bit, just yeah. a little bit? Okay, so we can't <laughs> complain if it was just a Let's little. Let's just not bit. talk about it anymore. Sound good? Hey, I'm just saying. I, I think we got we got better. The numbers are growing. We're healthy. We're hitting our stride, and I, that's why we're going to dive right into J and B's top highlights from the previous week. It was a good week, and we have a, a nice mixture, don't we? Oh, absolutely. You want to talk about hitting stride? Let's talk about Mercy basketball. Uh, came into the year with a decent expectation, no doubt about that. But Marion was the top team to watch for in the Catholic League. Well, Mercy goes out, defeats Marion. Uh, their first time defeating Marion since 2017 in girls basketball, of course. And now Mercy in Division One in the Associated Press poll. I know there's several rankings out there, but we're referring to the, the AP poll. Number five in Division One, Marion falls to number six, but still two very talented teams right there neck and neck in the rankings. Mercy takes the first matchup of that series and uh, overall just exciting stuff. And again, the first time Mercy has beat Marion since 2017 in girls basketball, that is a pretty monumental victory um, for the Marlins. And now the, the question, I guess, becomes, hey, what – What's this going to be? You know, obviously they could play each other potentially two more times if they meet up in the second time in the regular season and in the Catholic League playoffs. Marion kind of getting all the hype, and maybe this is something to watch in, in boys basketball as well because you know we talk about Orchard Lake St. Mary's a little bit off here, just how good they are. They get kind of all the hype heading into the year. Is somebody going to come up and sneak and beat them in the Catholic League playoffs or in the regular season when maybe they shouldn't? But uh, I think that's going to be an interesting storyline between Marion and Mercy because now, like you said, they've jumped the rankings and it was a team in Mercy that was just trying to get back on the map. I read a Hometown Life article about that game 
uh, 46-34 the final score, but they were like, hey, look, we haven't had the best you know, last couple, two seasons. We wanted to, you know, take that extra step and show that we're back. They're back at 9-0, and they've handed the, you know, what some thought was the number one team in Division One, and maybe in the state Marionette at the beginning of the season, they're only lost seven to one. So it's intriguing. Right. It was a 12 point game, 46 34, that final score. Uh, so, I mean, you talk about competitive. It was a competitive game, but it wasn't a buzzer beater. It wasn't a nail biter necessarily in, in the, the closing minutes and seconds. It was a convincing win for Mercy to just show, hey, we're here and we mean business. Here in 2020. Yeah, shout out to Maddie Kennedy as well. 17 points for the junior. Big presence inside in the first half. And uh, really hammered at home defensively for the Marlins in the end. On to number two. It's a big win for UD Jesuit swimming as they defeat Brother Rice 108-75. to That was a double duel between them, Cabrini and Brother Rice. UD was able to easily beat the Monarchs as well. But Drew Edson, the... Uh, new fresh head coach, I guess you could say. He's been there a, a few years now, but he's a Rice grad, so that, that's got to feel pretty good um, for UD to take down Rice, and that's a, a Rice school that was dominant for so long in swimming. Well, and that's the thing. When you talk about a dominant program, when you talk about somebody that's just had continued success, and that's something that sometimes is overlooked. It's one thing to have success. It's another thing to have sustained success, which means you're doing something right and you've built something, uh, you know, that's strong and upstanding. And obviously, for Brother Rice, maybe it's just a down year for them. Uh, but that's a huge win for U of D, and it's good for the Catholic League to see another school or a couple of these other schools really stepping up and not just okay, Rice is down, but still winning. You're seeing high competition. You know, across the board. So credit to UAD and congratulations to them. Um, and now, and we, and I don't want to steal anything from our things to watch. Sure. You know, later in the show because uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about boys swimming. But big win for U of D, convincing over Brother Rice. And for Rice, it's just a down year, and there's nothing wrong with that. It just is what it is. So um, congratulations to U of D on their big defeat. Moving on to. Maybe our final top highlight from the previous week, the Detroit Tigers. No, I know it's not an MLB podcast, (laughs) but the Detroit Tigers have acquired former Mr. Baseball, Divine Child graduate, and state champion Eric Haas in a deal. Um, He has one year remaining on his contract. Haas, not sure whether he'll make that opening day roster or not. He's definitely going to have to fight for his spot with a few other catchers, but pretty exciting to see the divine child grad, the Detroit native, make his way back to the or to the Tigers and uh, have an opportunity to maybe make that opening day roster and compete here in Detroit. Yeah, certainly he's gonna you know be up against it in terms of the, the catching talent. I mean, you go against Jake Rogers, one of the you know top talented catchers in in the organization who made the big league roster at the end of last year, did some good things. Austin Romine just signed. Uh, Grayson Griner has also seen a good amount of time, but. It is cool to to see another Catholic League grad, a, a former Mister Baseball, you know, kind of rise back to his hometown team. You saw it with Dan Fields, mm-hmm. you know, four or five years ago. Dan, I believe, is still playing in, in the semi pro leagues. But um, whenever you see you know guys from the Catholic League rise to the major leagues, it's it's always a, a very cool thing. And it's got to be quite neat, you know, if you step onto that field and you're playing a game for the Tigers, to at least at some point look back and say. 
wow, I remember that that Catholic League championship where maybe I was out here. Wow, I remember even that high school all-star game where I was a high school student, and especially because of the Catholic League, I got an opportunity to play on this field or even to walk across this field just to accept one of the Catholic League you know, postseason awards. To do that, now come back and have an opportunity to put on the old English D and play for the Tigers on that field, that's something pretty special. And again, it just shows the difference of the experience for our Catholic League student-athletes. Remember what it was like, you know, this kind of gave me flashbacks to, you know, probably you had the same situation. I mean, covering games at Comerica when we were in high school. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the big, the, the first big venue for me, I guess, to as a young sophomore in high school to go call a game at. That was, uh, you know, something that was very cool. And it, it's got to be surreal for, for somebody who's, you know, growing up watching games there, growing up playing there a little bit in high school, like you said, the, the high school all-star game and, uh, the Catholic League Finals at Comerica Park, which we'll talk about a little bit later on things to watch, a little tease there. Sure. But uh, just from that perspective, I mean, seeing your family right there because mm-hmm. they're close by, it's it's got to be a, a real cool thing. Yeah, no doubt. And it's one of those, there's a difference, right? You could be a kid that sits in the stands one day, plays for his hometown favorite team. Great story. Amazing story. That's almost like a, that, that's a lot of professional baseball players' <laughs> story. But it's another thing to know, hey, I've played games on this field as a high schooler. I, you know, I sat in that dugout, you know, I rounded that base, you know, I made that cut in center field, you know, playing a fly ball, whatever. And to now be able to do that professionally and get paid in front of the crowd. Um, now the Detroit Tigers crowd may be similar to the high school crowd that was there given their current state, but uh hopefully it grows for uh Eric and those Detroit Tigers. But Overall, just a great experience and just a cool thing to see. No doubt about that. Well, we have a lot more coming up in Episode 5 of Inside CHSL. We're going to talk with Brett Stanley of DeLaSalle and a little bit of real talented three-sport athlete. Uh, He'll chime in on the phone. Our Things to Watch features a little bit more swimming, some baseball, and even you know previewing our guests, which we're excited about next week as well. Yeah, no doubt. So a lot of great things to get into. But now it's time for Since 1926 with Steve Wendrock. Steve? This moment in Catholic League history remembers Sean Restford, who was a star basketball player at Bishop Borges High School. During his senior season at Bishop Borges, Restford averaged 22 points, 7 rebounds, and 4.5 assists per game, leading the Spartans to the Central Division title and a berth in the Catholic League playoffs. In the 1990 Catholic League playoffs at Callahan Hall on February 18th, the first round Bishop Borges defeated Bishop Gallagher 66-62 behind 25 points from Respert. The Spartans fell in overtime in the next round to the eventual runner-up Southgate Aquinas. Respert was named Catholic League MVP in both the 89 and 90 seasons and was a two-time nominee for the Mr. Michigan Basketball Award. After graduating from Bishop Borges in 1990, Respert went on to star at Michigan State University, playing for legendary Spartan coach Judd Heathcote. While at MSU, he led the team in scoring and was named Big Ten Player of the Year and First Team All-American during his senior season. Respert was selected with the eighth pick of the 1995 NBA draft by the Portland Trailblazers. His draft rights were traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, where he would play for one season before being traded to the Toronto Raptors. Respert played in the NBA until 1999, when he began playing professional basketball in Italy. In 2004, Sean Respert transitioned to a coaching career, 
first at the collegiate level at Prairie Review A&M, and later in the NBA. He's currently an assistant with the Chicago Bulls. Raspert's number 24 was reti- retired by Michigan State University on November 28, 1989, and he was inducted into the Catholic High School League Hall of Fame in 1995. And that is your moment in Catholic League history since 1926. Welcome back to Inside CHSL Episode 5. Jeremy Otto back with you here now. Pleased to be joined by a talented man from Warren D. LaSalle and Brett Stanley. Brett, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, Brett's uh, kind of a rarity uh, these days in high school sports and just around you know the sports scene in general. He's a three-sport athlete in a tough tough division in the Catholic High School League in, in the Central Division. Football, uh, wrestling currently, and then baseball as well. Just what's it like, I guess, to be a three-sport athlete? And, you know, do other sports help you do things in, you know, one as opposed to the other? Just what's it like, I guess? Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I feel like wrestling helps with football because, you know, it's a contact sport. And also for football, for wrestling, it's like a team aspect because there's 11 kids on the team, you know, and then for like a dual meet for wrestling, I feel like football helps with that because it's everyone contributes as one. And then also for baseball, wrestling really doesn't help with baseball at all, really, just a team aspect, obviously. <laughs> and then uh, football, the same thing, just working as 11, one group. Sure, yeah. I kind of want to dive right into to wrestling now. You, you guys are in, in the thick of a season. Uh, kind of talked off here a little bit. You, you guys are still trying to fill in, in some weights a, as a team, but yeah. just how do you think the season's going overall so far? Uh, it's going pretty good. It's kind of hard when you don't have everyone filled in at a weight class because it's giving up so many points. I mean, six points is a lot, you know. So we need to rely on everyone else to get pins, which is hard to do against good teams. So that's really it for that. Well, some something cool as, as an individual. You just got your 100th win as a wrestler last week. Just was, was there any pressure, I guess, going into that and say, hey, you know, I, I want to knock this out right now. I, I want to get it over with. I didn't really feel any pressure. I just wrestled like it was any other match. Uh, I just tried to get it quick and done. You know, I, I pinned them in the first period, so that was good. You know, it was exciting. Yeah, just uh, overall, what uh, I guess, what did that feel like? It's it's obviously a big accomplishment uh, for you, but it, it's something that you can go and say, hey, look, you know, De La Salle has and another wrestler that, that captured his 100th win. Right, right. It's a good memory, especially because all my teammates came up to me congratulating me, parents, my coaches. You know, just they're all helping me throughout the way, so it was pretty cool. You've been expected to, to kind of fill in as a leader, you know, this year on, on the wrestling squad and obviously some of the other teams that you participate in at DeLaSalle as well. What have you done, I guess, to prepare for that role? Because it, everyone could say, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a junior or I'm a senior and I'm going to be a leader this year. But there, there's more to it than that, right? Right, right. Well, as a sophomore, we had all seniors on the team, obviously, because we only have one senior now. And I would just, when I'm looking at them trying to be a leader, I was just taking mentally, like mentally notes. And for this year, I have to use that for the kids that are on the team this year as freshmen. So hopefully they can look up to me and I can help everyone, even during practice when I'm helping around the room. Chen here with Brent Stanley, three-sport athlete at uh, De La Salle. Also the starting shortstop. He, he started at shortstop last year, expected to start at shortstop again this year. You ready for baseball? Uh, I'm ready. I mean, here, like here and there, I'll I'll do some baseball stuff. But whatever sport I'm in, I'm really primarily focusing on that. 
Sure. So this year I've only I've thrown a little bit, not much, but we'll see, like during baseball I'll be focused on that. So it's something that we've kind of already talked about uh, here in our, our top highlights previously is the chance to play at Comerica Park. Just what's that like? I guess, and you haven't been able to do it yet. You know, you hope to maybe do yeah. it this year. Just what's it like to see the light at the end of the tunnel? That's not even the state championship yet. You you think, hey, you know, right. I can compete for potentially Catholic League championship and play at a, a field where major league players play, and then I can also you know compete for a state title in the same year. That that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Um, I feel like it's a big stage, you know, like there's a bunch of seats, fans watching. And then like you think about all the pros that have played on the field, too. So that'd be cool. Like, oh, wow, I played where this person has played, you know. And then the dugouts and all that are all pros, so it's kind of cool. And something that we also like to talk about with each guest here in Inside CHSL is how you incorporate your faith into, you know, just being a, a student in a Catholic school and also how you, you know, bring it to the field and to the mat just how do you see yourself, you know, reflecting your your faith in what you do? Well, every day before school, we have a prayer and at, and after school. And even during our games, before the games, we'll say a quick prayer to help us keep everybody free from injury. So I really feel like God ties into everything. Well, you mentioned, you know, your teams of different varieties in, in the three sports you play openly praying before uh, matches and events and games and that, that's something that that's kind of unique about the Catholic League and obviously Catholic schools in general is that you can you know kind of openly express your faith and, and dive right into it in terms of combining that with athletics so just you know what what is that like as an athlete to be able to do that I feel like praying brings the community together as a family and most public schools don't pray like I rarely see a public school pray before a game get on a knee so I feel like it's a advantage for us because we're in God's hands during the game yeah, for sure. Well, Brett, we thank you for joining us here today. Certainly good luck with you know wrestling and baseball as it gets a little bit warmer uh, here in Detroit, which is kind of fluctuated. It maybe feels like baseball season a, a yeah, few times, right. but uh, we appreciate you joining us and, and certainly add to those 100 wins plus as you go on throughout your wrestling career as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's uh, Brett Stanley, three-sport athlete at Warren D. LaSalle, competes in the football team and the wrestling mat, as well as getting ready to uh, throw some balls at shortstop on the baseball team as well. That was pretty nice of Brett Stanley to join us there. Uh, the three-sport athlete at De La Salle, very talented, no doubt about that, and getting to talk about you know his experiences on and off the field overall. That's, that's a pretty cool thing. And we kind of mentioned it with him. It's so rare, I guess, in today's day and age to be a three-sport athlete, let alone a three-sport athlete in the Catholic League and sports that are prominent. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, you, you talk about football, high class, uh, baseball, high class in the, in the Central Division, wrestling. You, you're going up against the likes of Catholic Central. So, I mean, that's big-time stuff for Brett. You're going all year round. There's no break. That's a tough thing to do, no doubt. But takes a special kid to do it at one of those Central Division schools, especially anywhere, and that's that's not – to say it's not impressive anywhere, but especially in that central division with just the level of physicality that's involved, um, really in all three of those sports, yeah, that, that's impressive stuff, no doubt about that. Well, one subject we talked about with Brett in baseball is going to transition us right into our things to watch, two things of baseball. It's, it's kind of cool to talk about. we got some baseball in our top things with Eric Haas now being with the Tigers and we get to talk a little baseball championships they're back does it make you feel like a little just warm like it's springtime and the sun is shining and you're out at the ballpark I'm I'm sorry I just I had a little vision there for a minute I felt pretty good but 
It's still the winner. That's okay. But May 20th, Comerica Park, the Baseball Catholic League Championships are back at Comerica Park. Um, something that the league's been doing for, for decades, playing at Comerica. And we talked about it with Eric Haas and um, just that storyline and who might be the player this year to play at Comerica Park in the Catholic League Championships that one day maybe journeys back to Detroit. Yeah. In the major leagues. Well, there might be somebody on Orchard Lake St. Mary's. I mean, they're they're expected to be really good mm-hmm. defending again champs. this year. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's a program that's been rising. You talk about rising programs. Basketball obviously comes to the forefront now because we're in the winter, but Petrie's done a great job. Him yeah, and his dad have, have done a great job with that program, making them I mean, they're always relevant, but making them extra relevant in terms of state titles and um, you know, you know, some of the performances they've had in the Catholic regular season as well. Coach Petrie's done a real nice job, A, putting a staff together, B, developing his players, and C, he markets his players as good as anybody. He does a real nice job on the social media, really branding his kids and 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 showing how, just showcasing how talented they are, the things that they're doing on the field, things they're doing off the field, helping them land potential opportunities in college, and, and just building – a full program. He's done a really nice job at Orchard Lake St. Mary's. The way they ended last season, just on the long win streak and getting all the way through and winning that state final, that did not happen by mistake. That's a very good program, and it's very well run out at Orchard Lake, and I expect them to be right back in the mix in the Catholic League this year, potentially winning at Comerica Park and making another run back to East Lansing trying to win a state title. I feel like, like it's Comerica Park Day here on Inside CHSL because Catholic League night at Comerica is also coming back. It's like something we're excited for and something the whole league is excited for. May 8th is the tentative date of that, and another CHSL-related school gift will be given uh, to everyone that buys that special package. So it, it's it's cool to you know go around to games. You know, I saw it last night at the UD Brother Rice game. Somebody wearing the the UD hat that they got from Comerica, or you know, seeing the random ones as you, you go to games, or just you know, kind of walk around town and, and and see you know, kind of the the Catholic League to the forefront again. It's another sense of pride if you're an alum of a Catholic League school. And you get to go and you see others from Catholic schools there and they're representing their school based off that hat they have. And, oh, wow, what year did you graduate? What right. year did you graduate? Oh, you went to DLSL. Mm-hmm. I went to DLSL. You went to UAD. I went to CC. And you just have that connection. It's also a really nice sense of pride to ju- just the general public to show, wow, okay, High school, that's their high school, that's their high school. He's proud of his high school. He's in his 20s, he's in his 30s, he's in his 50s, he's in his 70s, and yet they are all prideful about the high school they went to. And that is one of the most unique things about the Catholic League. You ask a lot of people that went to their standard local public high school, that's eh, my high school, whatever. When you ask a Catholic League graduate about their high school, that is a point of pride. And... That's what makes this night so special is you get to show that pride to the general public, and it's just a great opportunity really to market what this league does, what these schools do, and the value of Catholic education. It's overall a great event, and it's a great thing to have and showcase to the public. As we continue on in our things to watch for, we talked about swimming earlier. Mm -hmm. U of D defeated Brother Rice, but the team that's been good the last few years is Catholic Central. They've won the last two swimming 
um, titles, and now they're kind of out of the mix. It's really going to come down to U of D and De La Salle for the divisional swimming title. And it's kind of cool to see now. I mean, obviously, it's it's fun to track a team that's been so dominant. We talked about CC Wrestling on the podcast quite a bit in our first four or five episodes and how dominant they've been atop the Central Division and even across the state. But you look at Brother Rice. I mean, we, we talked about that stretch from the early 90s to the, the late 2000s where they were dominant and they were winning every CHSL regular season, postseason title and state title as well. But it's fun to see a three-horse race right now. UD, CC, De La Salle, uh, and you know, all things disclosed, we've already told you this. I mean, the, the swimming meet is going to happen tomorrow. We're recording on a Wednesday here this week, so that's why it's in our things to watch, although it's going to happen by the time you hear it. But... We wanted to talk about it because it, it's just so big in the scene. Another big one, De La Salle Catholic Central matching up January 23rd. And all those, you know, those two meets together are going to come together to decide who, you know, takes home the regular season crown. And then you know, have to wait till March to, to get to the, the Catholic League uh, swimming meet. But that's going to be an exciting time as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. And Again, you just talk about other programs stepping up, and Deal Cells had a nice program the last few years, and they've competed with Brother Rice and Catholic Central, but Rice and CC have kind of been those top teams. And Brother Rice on a little bit of a down year, you're seeing U of D and Deal Cell prevail, and right in the mix. Big match, obviously, of course, as you mentioned with us recording, before that goes down, but being released after it happens, we can only preview it, but strong significance and best of luck to both of those teams as they go in to compete um, in that that really big divisional match. Well, we're going to get to our guests next week in just a second, but we want to remind you to subscribe. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can search us on Google as well, Inside CHSL. You can also follow us on Twitter. We really uh, want to push that as well, at Inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's at underscore or at Inside underscore CHSL. And we want to hear your ideas. We want to hear maybe somebody who had a, a great performance, and you may find it with your name on the next episode, right? No doubt about that. We'd love to hear it from you. And again, it's I don't want to sound like a broken record, but again, it's all about telling the stories of these kids. And anything that we can get, any storylines that maybe aren't seen, maybe aren't publicized, maybe aren't given our way, you share that with us. We want to help brand these kids, these stories, and these schools the best we absolutely can. So next week, we're pleased to have as our guest the superintendent of Catholic schools throughout the Archdiocese of Detroit, and Kevin Gajewski is going to talk a little bit about the upcoming Catholic Schools Week. I remember, I don't know, I, I went to St. Joan of Arc, so it was, mm-hmm. it was big there, and I'm sure it was St. Big. Mary's and Mount Clemens. You, you it had was all big those too. competitions where you know oh, you yeah. decorated your door and you had the big assembly at the end of the week. And You got to wear like jeans to school that week, too. It was kind of cool. My first ever announcing anything was the faculty versus student volleyball game, and I think seventh grade at St. Joan of Arc. Okay, that's I did not that I did not do, but I did play in the eighth grade versus uh, faculty and staff volleyball game at St. Mary's in eighth grade. But did everybody so. do volleyball games? I didn't know if that was a interesting St. Joan and St. Mary's. We'll at have least to dig did. into that. Maybe maybe Kevin knows. Yeah. So we're excited to have uh, Kevin join us next week again. Kevin Gajewski, the superintendent of Catholic schools, excited to talk about him about Catholic schools week and, you know, just kind of the whole scope 
uh, around the Archdiocese of Detroit as well. Thanks, as always, to Mike Evoy, Ron Pangborn, Alex Westfall, Steve Wedrock, all you know, cogs to the what the final project of this uh, podcast is every week. Absolutely. It doesn't happen without them. And Jeremy, thank you. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. Are you going to come back next week? That, that'll be my thank you. How about that? We'll see what happens. All right. That's the plan. Well, we'll see you then here on Inside CHSL.